coming up on this episode of The Hive Life. I wanted to own my business my whole life. You know, I went to college for entrepreneurship back in the early 2000s. Before that was the, the popular thing to do. I think, you know, a lot of people will major in that now. They'll go to school for business and, and focus on entrepreneurship. I think there were six people in my program. So, you know, everyone was really into finance or marketing, um, those areas of expertise. And entrepreneurship was kind of like, who are those kids? We were like the, the black sheep of the business department. Welcome to The Hive Life, where we pull back the curtain on Spherical Media, a company based in Charlotte, North Carolina, with a team of former journalists that create beautiful, impactful stories that connect with your audience. Welcome to this edition of the Hive Live podcast coming your way from our renovated studio in the south end of Charlotte. I'm Jared Latch joined by Tim Bear, both co-founders of Spiracle. And our guest today is Michelle Jones. She hails from the world of website design and development, something that is still as important as ever. And Michelle, it's great to have you with us. Thanks, Jared. So Michelle, I want to get into your backstory here off the top. And you were the first in your extended family to go to college. You taught yourself coding in high school. Where did that interest come from? And and talk about those early days of, of getting into that type of work. Okay. Um, well, my parents bought me a computer, I think in the seventh grade. Um, I remember my mom taking me to Best Buy on spring break and buying me one of those old Apple computers um, before the Macs came along. and. I just got really into like SimCity and just all the like geeky technology at that time. And uh, honestly, the movie Clueless was popular at that time. And I remember watching the movie and seeing the rotating closet. And I was like, I wonder how they did that. And I wanted to learn how to do it, but I had no um, tools or knowledge of how to code or how you would even go about doing that. Um, And I had AOL at the time. And so I started trying to figure out how you would do that or how somebody would build that. I never really got to that level, um, but I just really got into the the techie, geeky side of things and and really got interested in it at that time. And I'd say that was kind of the point where um, kind of sparked my interest. But um, growing up, I always wanted to be an architect and that's really, you know, where my life was headed and I never really thought about like I want to be a web designer or anything like that so um, all through high school and college I was hell-bent on being an architect so well SimCity clueless that, that brought back some yeah some place, place you back in a <laughs> I just showed my age moment. too well, we're, we're all there with you. I was trying to yeah I know I was trying to think about that closet I mean that that's pretty cool it's a very good visual of what you wanted to happen yeah and be able to try and make that come to fruition that's pretty cool um, When you started your own business, uh, one of the things you told us when we were talking before this was that your dad was a big inspiration to you. Why was that? What what made you jump out on your own and hang your own shingle? Well, my dad owned an auto body shop, actually. He he never went to college, um, just graduated from high school and worked in an auto body shop himself all through high school. And he and his brother started the business together. And after that you know just growing up that was that was what i knew i never saw that like professional office life i just saw him working really hard all the time and but he had the freedom to you know if he had to take off to come to my dance recitals or something like that he could do that really easily and he never had anyone telling him 
what he could or couldn't do and, and had that that entrepreneurial freedom. So I, I just really envied that, I think. And I never really, you know, my mom didn't work, so I, I never saw anyone who worked in an office. I didn't know what that life was like, and so I, d I don't think I knew anything different than, than owning my own business or being an entrepreneur. So when was the moment preceding the decision for you to say, okay, now is the time to go? I know you spent, I think, 10 years in government work and some other things before you decided this is the time. Take us to that moment. I did. Well, <laughs> I wanted to own my business my whole life. You know, I went to college for entrepreneurship back in the early 2000s before that was the the popular thing to do i think you know a lot of people will major in that now they'll go to school for business and, and focus on entrepreneurship i think there were six people in my program so you know everyone was really into finance or marketing um those areas of expertise and entrepreneurship was kind of like who are those kids we were like the the black sheep of the business department but you learn a wide range of things when you study entrepreneurship. You learn a little bit of everything. And I would say it really gives you the skills to really manage a business um, that you don't get otherwise. It also gives you kind of life skills that you don't get otherwise as well. But I ended up going to graduate school for architecture and urban design. And when I graduated was kind of when the economy was going down and there weren't any private jobs available in the architecture industry. So I ended up going into the public or government uh, industry and just kind of got, I don't want to say stuck in that cycle, but when, once you start working for the government, you, you continue working for the government. It's a little hard to get out of that, that industry or that career cycle. So, but I started doing web design on the side. Friends and family would ask me to build websites for them. So I would do that. And after a certain amount of time, I, I knew that was kind of the career path I wanted to take rather than what I was in. So was there one day, like it, you walked in and they, they screwed up one of your projects or something happened that they, you know, broke the camel's back? Well, I had a public meeting for a project that I had out in South Charlotte. And I would say there were about 150 or 200 residents at that meeting. A city council member was there. Uh, a lot of public figures were there. Johnny Harris and, and his whole team were there. And I was kind of the representative of everything for the project. The residents were upset about what was going on. Um, I was just there to communicate what was going on, but everyone got up in arms. Everyone started screaming at everyone else. Everyone started screaming at me <laughs> about schools and roads and, and things I didn't have control of with, with my position. And so at that point, I was like, you know, I just can't do this anymore. I, I don't want to be screamed at. I'm just trying to do my job. And I went home and told my husband, like, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I want to take a different path. And so we started making that happen. That's awesome. Do you remember that first check, the first first uh, check from a new customer or client? Honestly, I don't. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> no, that's true. I probably that's should, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. She may have got, hopefully got some family fun <laughs> along the way for those early projects. But you, you mentioned that in school, uh, when, you were, when you were coming out, that, that second round, I guess, you could say, of school, the economy was, was heading down. Right now, we don't know what it's really doing. It's, it's all over the place. 
But how has that impacted what you do? Has it accelerated the need for design and development? And if so, why? Absolutely. At first, you know, when every when the pandemic first started, I think people were scared to spend money. They didn't, you know, we thought this was going to be like a six week event. And now we're, I, I don't know how many months, nine, 10 months into this. And so business was kind of on pause at that point. So for about six or eight weeks, things were really slow. Uh, but after that, and since then, it's it's been, I'd say, higher than ever. And I would say the demand has been higher than ever, not only for just, you know, basic websites, but also e-commerce has been huge uh, with people not being able to get out and go into stores, into brick and mortar stores. The ability for them to get online and shop online uh, is more important than ever. So a lot of people are focusing on how can they bring their brick and mortar store online, get their products online. And I think a lot of people, a lot of business owners have just sort of built their website, left it there, forgot about it, haven't made updates, haven't done anything to it. It's just kind of been their online billboard rather than a sales tool for them. And now they're seeing that they really need that to be a more active part of their business. I think, you know, we're all online more than ever. A lot of us are still quarantining at home. A lot of businesses are, I think, going to continue to work from home for the near to far future. So the trends are changing. Uh, mobile usage, I think, is down. Uh, desktop usage is up, which is <laughs> kind of strange. Um, can, considering the trends that we've seen in the past, um, mobile usage has, has been increasing. So um, there's a lot of those sorts of trends or usage trends are changing. Um, and so it will be interesting to see as that data comes out going forward, um, what changes we need to make in the website design industry. So full disclosure for the audience out there, we obviously went through our full web design with you and and uh, recreated our website. When somebody does approach you as a new client, as somebody that's you know going down that road, how does that process work uh, with them? I mean, I know what we went through, but for you to tell that process, what is it? So the first thing we do is take an assessment of their existing website if they have one, um, determine what's working, what's not working. You can't know, you know where you're going if you don't know where you've been. So we want to know who your audience is, how they're interacting with your existing website, um, if there's things we need to keep, if there's things that actually are working really well, you don't want to get rid of those. So take a look at your Google Analytics and really get an idea of the metrics that are on your existing website before you move forward with any sort of redesign or new design of your website. I'll say, you know, one of the coolest things was you had these focus groups that went into our old website and sort of went through it and they videotaped their experience. And that was one of the most eye-opening things was to see somebody that you know, had no idea who we were, what we were about, and see how they figured it out and what they learned and how they went through the process of getting through the site. It really made me feel like our site was pretty crappy on the back, on the front end there, because they were, they couldn't even figure out what we did. And, and to see that happen, you know, you always think about people are coming to your site and they know who you are and they know what they're looking for. They're coming to try and, you know, validate that you're good at what you do. But that process of seeing somebody coming cold turkey and not being able to figure out what we do as a, as a company was, um, was very eye-opening. Yeah, I, I think as business owners, we become very close and invested to our own websites and the content that's on it. 
not realizing how people are interacting with it, using it, or portraying the content that's on it. You know, when someone lands on your website, you really want to immediately communicate who you are and what you do. You only have a few seconds to get that first impression out. Uh, so you really, you know, want, want that to be front and center. Um, and, and you may think it is, and then you get some test cases on there and realize it, it's not what you thought it was. It just sure. showed that we had plenty of room for improvement. I think that's what <laughs> it, I actually want to go back and do it now just to see how it would play it out would now. Be, it would be a good idea. I mean, it's, in the web design industry, it's always changing. It's always evolving. I like to tell clients your website is not, you know, a static billboard. We always want to be testing and, and seeing how users are engaging with your content and what we think may work or may be working well, may not be working well. And that's fine because websites are fairly easy to make changes on. Um, you know, it's, it's an organic thing. So... And I would think behaviors follow trends and trends change. So that translates to how people behave on your website, which they might not have done before. Uh, looking at design, or at least the process, doesn't always give a positive sentiment to people because you can compare it to a construction timeline sometimes where it's, it's essentially a moving target. How do you mitigate some of those challenges on the way that you handle a process if somebody is to go in? So my process is very kind of set in stone, and I do compare it to the architecture industry or the construction industry, and I think that is not only because I come from that background, but because that's what people understand. Um, so we start with a blueprinting process. So much like an architect would give you a blueprint for your house, I provide a wire, what's called a wireframe for your website. And so that just shows you where your content goes, where images or videos, um, media is gonna go. But we're not layering the, the interior design on. We're not putting the typography, the colors, all of the pretty things on top. So from the wireframing or blueprinting process, then we move into that interior design process. Then we're showing you, you know, where the rugs are going, where the lamps are going, and, and layering all the pretty stuff on top. But before you get to the pretty stuff, you really want to get the strategy, the, the navigation, um, the, the user experience down. I love the analogies again. I mean, they're, they're colorful in themselves, and you're a designer, and that comes out with the way that you're, you're thinking of these things and then how ultimately how you execute. So on the bottom of your website or your homepage, you have the statement, goodbye website anxiety, hello business success. Um, what makes that statement authentic for you? One of the things I do, or I really make a, a strong attempt to do, is to give people a website that's easy to use and easy to make changes. I've seen a lot of website designers that are clients that have come to me from previous website designers and they can't even change the text or an image out on their existing website. And, and I don't believe in that practice. You know, I think clients should be able to be empowered to make changes on their website. Now, if they need additional functionality or things that are more complicated, sure, that's gonna require a little more expertise or some coding. But if you wanna change an image on your website or need to change out a word or a paragraph, you shouldn't have to contact a, a web designer or a web developer to do that you should feel empowered and, and knowledgeable enough to be able to do that yourself. And I've, I've felt empowered, but Michelle has got her share of messages <laughs> from me as well when something just decides to disappear 
and I have no idea why. Uh, well, that's the other challenge with technology. Things change and things get updated very often. And when updates are made, especially on a, a platform like WordPress, which is a content management system um, that we use for the Spherical website, um, you know, there's always some bugs that will come out. And so we do have to deal with those challenges as well. So it's not always a, a user problem. <laughs> um, sometimes it, it just is the nature of technology and those things do pop up. So as we come down the home stretch, uh, let's look at some trends. 2021, I know that we, we talked about a few before we got on. The, the voice activation piqued my interest. I know that speed is a, is a big concern. Just hit a few of those or what's around in, in your world right now that you're looking at that people should at least be aware of. Well, I would say in 2021, you know, again, looking back at 2020 and how we've been using websites and using the Internet in 2020 has really changed compared to past trends. So it will be interesting to see that researcher information that comes out about what those trends were. But the voice activation is, is a really interesting trend that's coming out um, and becoming more popular with the Alexas and, and the Google Homes and um, Siri and, and all of those. With web design, you have to be really knowledgeable about how those are working and, and how people can get the answers to what they're needing from the voice activation. Uh, very similar to how Google will crawl your website and find information, it's doing the same thing for voice activation. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're providing the information that people are looking for, um, similar to search engine optimization. That's pretty cool. I mean, at first we were talking about, I remember we were talking about responsive websites, just so they would translate to mobile and tablet from you know, looking normal on a desktop. And now I guess that's part of that responsive aspect, but there's a different way of going about it. So we would be remiss if we didn't ask about this one, but the importance of video on a website, how, how important is it? Is it still um, the trend that's driving traffic? Um, where, where are you seeing that going? Video is very important. Um, any interactivity on a website that helps users engage more with the content is super important. Um, I think the most important thing is not having video on your website just for the sake of having video because you know you're supposed to have it or you, you think it's cool <laughs> and trendy. Right. Um, it's really having a strategy behind it and, and telling the story throughout your website of your business, um, of yourself, and knowing uh, what the strategy is behind it, um, not just you know popping some videos on your website because you think you need some videos. They're blowing some leaves outside. Oh, it's yeah, it's time. We're going to push through <laughs> that time of the year, but we are going to power through. I was wondering through. what that was. Yeah, this last part, Michelle, we, we enjoy doing this. And these are more personal, more uh, entertaining, quirky questions, I guess we could, we could say. And we've got four of them, and we'll split them up. The first one says, outside of the office, what keeps you moving and motivated? And, and your home being your office. So outside of your home, what keeps you moving and motivated? Um, well, it one thing was college football. I'm a huge college football fan, um, Clemson fan. Uh, unfortunately, this year, haven't been able to go to any games. Um, normally in the fall, my entire life revolves around college football. We go to every single game. We've been to all the national championships, all the playoff games. Wow. Um, but unfortunately this year, we're watching them all from home. Um, However, fortunately, our team's been really good for a while. <laughs> um, so that's been really fun to be a part of. 
uh, I was actually born the year that Clemson won the first national championship. So um, now you're I, getting spoiled. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's an impressive, impressive fan resume right there. Yes. All right. What advice would you give to college students, other young adults that are interested in web design and development? Um, I would say get online and and learn for yourself. Again, I'm self-taught. I didn't take any. Well, I lie. I took one. I had to take <laughs> one class in college um, just to check off a box for my major, and it was like a web design 101 class um, where we used front page. If anyone remembers, I remember front, front page. page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was. I worked on that at one point. Yeah, um, but I would say get online. The library, actually, the Charlotte Library, at least, has a lot of resources um, through LinkedIn and Lynda.com, where you can learn. Co- the kind of basic coding skills. Um, the colleges and universities probably have a lot of online learning opportunities that are free or, you know, essentially free for you to learn. I would say get online and do the learning yourself. There's so many resources online for you to access. Um, start with the basic HTML, CSS, and go from there. As a business owner, what keeps you up at night? And this can be, it doesn't all have to be negative. There can, positives can keep you up at night as well. well. What is the main one? I My brain is just always going, and I think that's the nature of being an entrepreneur or a business owner. Um, I'm always thinking about what projects I have going on, um, how, I, how I can do things better. And I wouldn't say it keeps me up at night, fortunately asleep fairly well <laughs> because I'm so exhausted by the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I would say I just, those wheels are always turning or I'll have a great idea in the middle of the night and wake up and have to kind of type it in my notes app in my phone. Um, but I think every business owner can relate to, to that feeling. <laughs> For sure. All right. As we wrap it up, leave us with a fun fact most people wouldn't know about you. Oh gosh. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm pretty boring. <laughs> um, that doesn't count as an answer. Uh, well, some people know this about me, but I've run three marathons um, in the past few years. So I guess that's kind of a fun fact. Nice. What was your favorite one? Uh, New York. Actually, I learned this morning, this is the 50th year for New York. And unfortunately, they're, it's this virtual. We- yeah, this weekend <laughs> would have been the, the marathon and it's virtual this year, so. Does that mean everybody can run? Can run this virtual? You can. <laughs> yep. um, I'm not in shape this year to run a marathon. <laughs> so I joked I was going to run 2.62 instead of 26.2 just to be a part of it again. No, that's good. Michelle, thanks so much. We really enjoyed the conversation. We appreciate you coming by. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Make sure to check out Michelle's website as well, michellejonescreative.com. She did a fantastic job in designing our new website a little ways back. And I also want to remind you, our listeners, that you can find more episodes of The Hive Life by visiting the podcast page of our website under the resources tab at spiraclebuzz.com. Follow us on our social media platforms as well at Spiracle Media. For Tim Bear and Michelle Jones, I'm Jared Latch. Thanks for listening and so long for now. You've been listening to The Hive Life, brought to you by Spiracle Media. Always remember, you can visit spiraclebuzz.com or follow us at Spiracle Media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on The Hive Life.